0: Baptist Church.
1: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bucus Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
2: Again, our reading in verse Samuel chapter 1, verse number 9. God's
1: word reads as
2: follows. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now, Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. Verse 20, so it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Amen. Father in
3: heaven, I need you once again that you might empower this fleshly body to be able to accomplish your will. Glorify yourself through the preaching of this gospel, Lord God. I pray that if there's any that don't know you, that they would come to know you. If there are any that are uh, out of fellowship, that you would restore the broken fellowship. If there's any, God who are hurting, that you would comfort them if any come to be edified, edify this body. But God, above and beyond everything, I'm praying that you would glorify yourself and that your name would be exalted in this place, that you, God, would get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Strengthen me, God. Use me, Lord, according to your sovereign will and plan. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 We've been preaching through a series of messages entitled... Don't underestimate the power of prayer. We have gone through four parts thus far. Part one, prayer brings joy, rejoicing, and peace. From Philippians chapter four. Part two, prayer allows you to withstand the enemy's assault. From Ephesians chapter six. Part three, petition prayer power. From Matthew chapter seven. And last week we spoke from 1 Kings chapter 18. Prayer will end... The drought On this morning, I want to use this text from 1 Samuel to talk to you from the idea prayer can get you pregnant. I know what you're thinking, but I need to say that this message is only intended for those who have the interest in conceiving in their womb what God alone can deposit and bringing forth to full birth what God desires to birth through you. Some of you are probably saying, Pastor, I know that sounds great. You can pray all day, but I'm old now. I'm not getting pregnant. Then there's others of you who are thinking, well, I'm sterile. I can't get pregnant. or I'm on birth control, and the birth control is 99.99. And if I get pregnant, that's a miracle. Well, don't you know God specializes in miracles? Amen. But what I would suggest is that our... Sterility or infertility is not due to what we think. Our impossibilities of becoming pregnant have more to do with a lack of intimate and passionate prayer with God. The birth control that we're using that keeps us from getting pregnant as it relates to what I'm talking about is the birth control of not spending passionate time, intimate time in prayer with God. Because you do know that in order to conceive, it requires intimacy. And if you want anything from God, if you want to get pregnant, if I can say it this way, from God, you need to get intimate with God. And so we come to this particular story where here is a lady by the name of Hannah. She is one of two wives of Elkanah. Penina is one of his wives. Hannah is the other wife, but Penina is having children. She's popping them out. I mean, that's my version of the story. She has sons and daughters, okay? But Hannah doesn't have any, okay? And Hannah is vexed. She's fasting. She's grieved about the whole matter. She's going through. She's dealing with the pain of it. And then to top all that off, Penina is an agitating sister wife. When Elkanah's not around. She's, I got children. You don't have none. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You know, that kind of stuff. She's agitating her. And so she's dealing with that. And and when they come to go to worship, the Bible says that she is grieved and she's fasting and she's vexed,
2: if you will, because of her situation. And so Hannah's pregnancy journey begins with her praying with pain and passion. Verse number
3: nine says, Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. And now Eli, the priest, is sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. I need you to understand something. Part of our pregnancy that is and can be affected by men and women and old and young, has to do with the way we approach God in our prayer life. Hannah approaches God in the sincerity of her emotion. She's in pain, she's grieving, and she's in anguish. And so she approaches God just that way. But here's something really interesting that I like about this text. The text says that after they got through eating and drinking, she got up and she went to prayer in Shiloh. The name Shiloh means the peaceful one, the Messiah, the one who is to come. The Vulgate, which is the Latin version of the the scripture that is translated, says he who is to be sent. She got up in the middle of her pain and her anguish. And when she was frustrated that God had not answered her prayer, that things are not going as she wished, she got up and she went to Shiloh. She went to the one who could do something about it. The best place to go when you're going through what you're going through, when you're hurting and you're in pain and you're in anguish and you're grieved, is to go to Shiloh. Go to the Messiah. Go to the one who can answer your prayer. And when she goes there to pray, she doesn't get there in the prayer room of the tabernacle and say, let me get myself together first. She goes and she prays. The text says she prayed in anguish. That is severity of emotional pain. And she prayed and she wept. And the understanding and the indication here is that she kept on weeping. She didn't stop crying. She didn't say, you know what? Enough is enough. And, and, I, and I don't want people to see that I'm crying. I don't want people to know that I'm going through what I'm going through. Part of our problem when we pray is that we think that we got to be all sophisticated and popped and pious and propped up. When you're hurting, go just like you are. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to holler, holler. Whatever it takes. Let the emotion out of you. You've got a burden you're carrying when you get to the Lord. Let it out. Let it out before him. He said, come to me. Let's exchange yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Give me your heavy burden. Let it go. Don't come to me and fix yourself up. And he said, okay, I'm going to pray. And then you worry about who's looking. Don't worry about who's looking. Amen. Hannah is not concerned about who's looking at her. And guess who's looking? Eli priest. It's right there in the text. He's looking. He's sitting at the door looking. She's there and she's praying, but she's praying in the passion and in the pain that she's dealing with. She doesn't mask it. She doesn't water it down. She gives it to God just like it is. I'm going to suggest to you, when you're praying, give it to God just
2: like you feel it. Because he already knows what you're going through, so just let it out. And, and she's praying in the pain, and she's praying in her passion, and she gives it right out to the Lord. And so she, she does that way. I and mean, then pick up in verse number 11. It says, then she made a vow to the Lord and said to the Lord,
3: O Lord of hosts. If you will indeed look upon the afflictions of your maidservant, don't forget me. Remember me. But she says, and, and give your maidservant a male child. L- listen to what she says. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. The second thing I think that is necessary as it relates to the subject matter of, of how prayer can get you pregnant is, first of all, you've got to pray in the pain and the passion that you have. Second, you've got to be praying with God's purpose in mind. Okay, When Hannah comes to pray, when she gets into the house of God to pray, Hannah prays with the purpose of God in mind. Hannah says, Lord, if you would deliver me from my afflictions. Now, on the surface, and probably what is most evident, is that one of her afflictions is Penina because Penina is harassing her. That's the sister wife. She's got all these children, and Hannah doesn't have any. And So maybe that's her affliction, as some would say. But then there's also the affliction of her not being able to have children. There's a cultural affliction, if you will, that she's dealing with because culturally speaking, if you haven't had children, specifically you haven't had a son, you don't allow that husband to promote his name, his family name for historical purposes. And so shame comes upon the woman in this particular period of time who has not borne a son specifically for her husband. In this case, she hasn't borne any children. And so perhaps one would say, well, there's her affliction. That's her affliction. That's what she's dealing with. And that is part of what she's dealing with. But as I look a little deeper, there's something else I saw that she also is part of her affliction. As I look a little deeper, it says, It says, she said, Lord, if you would give me a child, I'll give them back to you. So it wasn't so much that she just wanted a child, because she said, give me the child, and I'll give the child back to you. Then she doesn't just say, Lord, give me a child, any child. She says, give me a male child, because only a male child can serve you in the house of God. So that way, what it tells me, is she wants a child that she's going to give away. So her prayer is not for her own benefit. It's for the glory of God. God, give me a blessing so that I can bless you. If we could get more folk that would start praying for the glory of God instead of for their own selfish gain, we'd have a whole, we'd have power popping off in the church. And watch this. What what happens here and, and what we need to understand as it relates to prayer is God answers prayer that is for his purpose. She says, give me a male child. I'll give him back to you. And then watch this. She doesn't just say, I'm going to give him back to you. She said, he's going to be a Nazarite. No razor will come upon his head. That means she is making a vow for her unborn child. Now, the Nazarite vow typically was only taken for 30 days. For 30 days, a person would consecrate and dedicate themselves to the Lord. No razor come upon. They can't cut their hair. They can't drink anything. No fruit of the vine, all that kind of stuff. But she makes a vow for her child for life. That's an unselfish prayer, but it's a prayer with purpose. It's a prayer that has God's purpose in mind and not her own. Notice what she doesn't pray. She doesn't say, God, give me a child that I can live my life out through posthumously. She says, give me a child so I can give him back to you so he can serve you all the days of his life. I want a blessing so he can bless you. I want a blessing so he can glorify you. God, I want to be a vehicle. I want to be a vessel that you can use to bring glory to yourself. So God, give me a son so he can serve you and I can glorify you through my child. And he'll be dedicated and consecrated to you for all of his life. And as she prays that prayer, she says, look, verse number 12 comes back and it says that happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her. Now, Hannah spoke in her heart only her lips move, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. When you pray with God's purpose in mind, it requires you to pray from your heart. You cannot pray God's purpose from your head. She doesn't pray from her head. What came out came from her heart. Because the head has thoughts that are not of God. So she's praying from her heart. She doesn't pray from her lips. Because our lips have a tendency to say almost anything. I need you to get this about prayer. When we pray from our heart, we will always receive the answer to our prayer in the affirmative from God. The scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. If we're praying from our heart, you'll always get an answer from God. Amen. But when you're praying from your head and you're praying from your lips, the answer might not come. Amen. Hannah prays from her heart, not from her lips, nor from her head. Her lips are moving, but the prayer is coming from her heart. When you're praying from your heart, people, they're going to think that you're drunk too. Amen. She's praying. She's praying talking to the Lord, pouring her heart out to God, crying before the Lord, laying it all out in the altar before God, and she's praying from her heart, Eli sitting at the front of the, the temple, looking inside, watching her, and the, and the text says, he watched her mouth, but he didn't hear nothing, that tells me he was intently listening, he was all up in her business, then crossed all over the line, and then he goes farther than that and says, she must be drunk listen to me. When you pray pregnancy prayers, which means I want to be impregnated with what God has for me. I'm not talking about literally having a physical baby right now. I'm talking about, I want to be pregnant with what the purpose of God is for my life. When you pray those kinds of prayers, people who are listening, they're going to think that you're drunk because you're going to pray stuff like, Lord, I want to own my own business and I want my business to have multiple sites in the United States, but I also want my business to stretch across the world. And for who are listening to you, they'll look at you and say, you must be drunk because you ain't even finished high school. See, prayer in the purpose of God doesn't sound like what people can accept. And so they'll think that you're drunk because you're praying from your heart, not praying from your head because my head says, ain't no way I could do it either. But my heart, if it's coming from God, my heart will tell me it can be done. My heart can cause me to pray at the age of 75 and say, Lord, I still want a baby. Yes, Lord. And I can still be praying at the age of 90 and finally have a baby if it's the will of God. But people who are listening, they always assessing whether it can happen or not because they don't know the power of prayer. When you pray, God, let this happen. My heart is telling me that I'm to marry this person and the other people are listening to your prayer. And they're saying, but don't you know, they already got seven kids by six different women, but you're not praying from your head. You're praying from your heart. And I'm not talking about a frivolous heart. I'm talking about a heart that's sown into God, where God has given you that desire. And listen to this. When you pray the will of God, God will never withhold his will from you. Don't stop praying because folk think you drunk. Don't stop believing because people accuse you of being drunk. When she came up out of the temple, he said, how long are you going to be drinking? She says, I ain't drunk. She says, I poured my heart out before the Lord. I've been in there in anguish and bitterness of soul, pouring myself out before God. And what I've been praying, I've been praying that I get a blessing that, watch this, is not only going to bless the kingdom of God, but it's also going to help you, Eli, because your sons are foul." See, he in there accusing her when she's praying for help for him. Because Eli's sons were wicked. They were no help to him. And so she's praying for a man child who can go in the house of God, who can help Eli serve God. But Eli's in here accusing her of being drunk. I'm trying to help you. Sometimes the very people you try to help are the ones that tell you it can't be. But you've got to believe in the power of prayer. And the power of prayer can get you pregnant. And you'll get pregnant with what God has for you. She's in anguish. She's praying for the power of God to manifest itself. But here's the thing I want you to understand. Verse number 20 says, So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son, called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him from the Lord. The final thing I need you to understand about this praying and getting pregnant thing is you got to pray with pain and passion. You got to pray in God's purpose. But finally, you got to pray with the process in mind. The text says... So it came to pass in the process of time. Listen to me. All prayer does not happen and is not answered immediately. Many prayers are in the process of time. Don't give up praying because it hasn't happened already. Some of the answers that you're waiting for is in the process of time. And it takes time for this pregnancy to come to pass. Hannah prayed when she was in Shiloh, but she didn't get pregnant until the process of time. Some of the things you've been praying for, God is going to answer them in the process of time. Because you do know getting pregnant takes a process. Until the womb is ready to receive the seed. Help me, Jesus. There'll be no life in the womb until the seed collides with the blood. And if you're not in contact with God, there ain't no blood. So if you're not praying, you can't collide with the blood. But when you start having intimacy in prayer with God, then the blood can impact the womb. And before you know it, you're pregnant with the possibility of what God wants to bring through you. And when you get pregnant, it's still a process of time. Because you've got to bear the child You've got to bring the child a full term You've got to come to the point Where the child is birth See you prayed And you thought because you didn't see no results That I need to stop praying But when you prayed In the process of time You got pregnant Because you didn't see nothing You thought well I ain't pregnant So you kept going along like There ain't no pregnancy but in order for you to give birth, you got to get in position. When you get into the operating room, they're going to come a point in time when they're going to tell you to raise your feet up and put them in the stirrups. you got to get in position to give birth. To what God has put in you And some of you have not got in position yet And so therefore there's no birth Yes Lord You've got to go get the loan Help me Lord You've got to go start the business You've got to go incorporate You've got to get it in place So God can bring it through you But until you get in position You can't bring birth to what he has So he's trying To get us ready to bring birth To what he's deposited in us Some of you are carrying around a child that's way past delivery time. You should have delivered a long time ago. It should have took nine months. You in the 15th month. And you haven't given birth yet. Now, there's danger in that. Part of the danger in that is that the child will die in the womb. The vision will die in the womb because you've carried it too long part of the problem is, is that if you carry it too long, it'll self abort. You can't carry this around too long. You got to get in position to bring forth the child. But it is in the process of time that it comes. So keep praying. Because listen, God specializes in answering pregnancy prayers. In Genesis chapter 21, Sarah was praying for a child. And it wasn't until She reached the age of 90 years old when she was way past childbearing years that God came and answered her prayer and she brought forth Isaac because God specializes in pregnancy prayer. In Genesis chapter 30, Rachel wanted a child. She hadn't had a child. She went to Jacob and told Jacob, give me a child. And Jacob said, woman, I ain't God. So they realized we need to go to God. So then they start praying to God. And after she started praying to God, the Bible says that the Lord opened up her womb. And she bore Joseph in the process of time. In Luke chapter 13, Zachariah's praying. Uh, Zachariah's praying for a child. But in the process of time, here comes the Lord and lets them know, you're getting ready to have a baby. You know what Elizabeth did? She laughed. (laughs) That ain't never going to happen. I'm old, past my childbearing years. The Lord got a sense of humor. Yes, he does. Because he'll make you pregnant when you don't think you can get pregnant. He answers her prayer. Here comes John the Baptist. When she's old, in her old age. Because he specializes in pregnancy prayers. And I know you're thinking I'm only talking about physical pregnancy. But watch this. God answered the prayer of Jabez. First Chronicles chapter 4. Jabez said, bless me, Lord indeed and enlarge my territory that's what he said what he was saying would make me pregnant so that I can expand my territory and he says put your hand upon me so that I will not cause pain or do evil and then the bible says and the lord answered his prayer and blessed him he became pregnant and he gave birth to larger territory and he didn't cause pain nor did he do evil because he prayed a pregnancy prayer what prayer are you praying What thing has God impregnated you with that you just need to get in position so that you can bring that thing to pass? I need you to know it's going to be in the process of time. But we've got to be willing to connect and understand the power of this prayer. If it just doesn't happen in your time doesn't mean it won't happen. It will happen in the process of time if it's in the God's will.
1: Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Buchis Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.
3: Welcome to a minute of ministry calling from Capitol Seminary and Graduate School in
0: Greenbelt, Maryland.